Hey guys, I'm Chris O. And I'm Kat O. Thank you so much for joining us at New Life Church. I want to give a special shout out to our 18 campuses across the state of Arkansas. Thank you guys for joining us in one place this weekend. Yes, and you may not be from New Life Church or maybe joining us from out of state or out of the country, maybe even from my home country, Germany. Welcome, everybody. Herzlich willkommen. That is German for welcome. Guys, hey, we want you to be involved today, so comment in the chat. You may have questions. You may want to shout down the preacher. There might be something that's going on in your life right now and you desperately need prayer for it. We've got leaders and pastors across the state that would love to engage with you, so let's get involved. In fact, right now, why don't you let us know where you're listening in from? Babe, where do we hail from? Well, the Greater Little Rock Campus. So I want to hear from my GLR people right now. Go! <laughs> yes, and we understand that having little kids around may be a little bit distracting as you're trying to focus on the church service. So we have provided some great kids ministry tools so your kids can do church while you go to church. So just follow the link in the description and let's all go to church together. And for all of us, it's Palm Sunday. We get to hear an incredible message from our founding pastor, Pastor Rick Bizet. I'm excited about that. Can't wait to hear from him. I'm also looking forward to taking communion with my family. So right now is a great time to go and gather the elements. Typically, people are gonna get grape juice and bread for this. But if you're like me, your local Kroger might be low on some resources. And so we heard stories last week of people that were grabbing cookies and Gatorade. Yeah. While that might not have been That's in good. the you know, Old Testament, King James Version, Bible, whatever, <laughs> you know, listen, here's the bottom line. Uh, God has grace on us. We can do these things and we encourage you guys to gather the elements now so that we can take communion together. We also have an opportunity a little bit later in the service to give. Pastor Rick will talk more about that. You'll have an opportunity to click on a link and we just wanna invite you guys to be involved in the giving at New Life Church. People have even asked, what does a dollar do? What can I give? Mm -hmm. Every penny counts as we do our best to take care of people through this crisis going on in our state. Yes, yes, and this week, uh, leading up to Easter, we are all going to follow along the Holy Week reading plan. So just download the YouVersion app and let's all get together as a family. It's an easy way to just read the word together. That's right. I can't wait to be involved with that with my fam. And guess what? You have one more thing you can do today. Invite a friend. You can invite somebody through Facebook, through YouTube. So you can text somebody, even go old school SMS text message. Do whatever you got to do. Let's still be bringers during this time. Let's come together and go to church with each other. Yes. Thank you for joining us. And we hope this service blesses you and your home. God bless you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to New Life Church. We typically meet in a building, and now we're in my office, but this is still church. We're going to worship Him. We're going to teach the Word. But the first thing we want to do before we start anything else, we want to remember Him with communion. So I encourage you to go and get the elements if you haven't already, and you can get some bread, you can get some grape juice, anything that you might have around the house. I know we did this last week as well. We'll probably continue to do this even through Easter, which is next weekend. What did you guys use last week when you did communion over at the BZ house? Um, we used Gatorade and a biscuit. Okay. Broken <laughs> <laughs> normal. It's, it's real, man. This thing is getting real. This is Hunter and Katie. Uh, and this is my wife, Michelle, and this week is our anniversary. Yeah, yeah. 32 years. 
And then I have Luke and Haley. And what did you guys do last week for community? Well, we were with you guys, so this oh, is on mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had Ritz crackers and kombucha. Yeah, I mean, we're acing it because we've known way ahead of time, and we're trying to represent church. So we're doing much better than you can do, I'm sure. But if you would, we're way better than all of you. So what I'm asking you to do is to get milk, anything that you have. Get some bread if you have it. If you don't, you can still remember God with us. So let's all get the elements now, if you don't mind. One of my favorite things to do is to serve communion to our church. Typically the way that we do it is people get out of their seat and they come to the front while we're worshiping. We're gonna change it up a little bit right now. We're gonna serve communion and then we're gonna go into worship right there in your living room or whatever you may be doing at the time. And so on the night that he was betrayed, he held up a piece of bread. And it's important for us to remember this because it's the purpose of communion. The Bible doesn't tell us how often to take communion. I like doing it every week like we're doing right now. But it doesn't say how often. It does say how to do it. To do it in a worthy manner that considers him. Here's how you do it. On the night that he was betrayed, he said, This is my body. And every time you eat of it, please remember me. With my family, we want to remember Jesus. With your family, to remember that's all he asked for us. He paid a huge price. His body was broken and spilled out for us. But what he asked for us to do is to remember that. So on that night, they ate the bread. Let's do so right now. Thank you, Lord. And then afterwards, he held up a cup. This cup represents his relationship with you, his new covenant. The old covenant gone. The new covenant is here. He knew that he was about to give his life so we could be in the new covenant. And he was just letting us know to remember this, to not forget. This represents the grace. I don't know about you, but in our family, we, we need grace. Sometimes we hurt one another and sometimes we, we need to forgive one another. Uh, you're not going to enjoy your relationship with the Lord if you don't remember the grace. So he said, please bring this into your remembrance. And they drank. Thank you, Lord, that you want us to remember. That's the part that encourages me the most. In Jesus' name. So now we're gonna go to worship and I know that there's a lot of ways to do worship, whether you're in a huge church building with a bunch of people. Some people sing loud, some people close their eyes. Other people, they may take their hands and open them up to the Lord. There's a lot of ways to worship. And right there in your home, I want you to choose how you're gonna worship. If you don't like to sing, maybe that's awkward for you, then close your eyes and hear these lyrics. But this song, it's a powerful song. Rebecca is gonna sing it, one of our worship leaders and it's entitled, Oh Lord, You Are Beautiful. So at least listen to these words and let them get inside of you. And when we come back, we're gonna teach you the word.
Really, there's nothing better than worship. There is one thing that's just as good, though, and that is looking at the Word together. In fact, it's worship as well. And so today, I want to talk to you about the Israelites. And uh, a lot of things happen with these people in a 40-year span of time. You could actually even go in to 400 years before the context of what I want to talk to you about. Uh, but they were able to leave Egypt. Thank the Lord for that. But the journey from Egypt to the promised land should have only taken 11 days. But it took 40 years. Why? I believe in this season that God wants to bring us out of any wilderness we have with Him. Maybe you've just been taking another lap. You haven't grown in a long time. Well, the Lord still has promises for you. And you can get it quickly during this season. Or you can go around the block 40 more years. Why did it take them so long? A lot of it had to do with rebellion, and a lot of it had to do with doubt, and they, they just forgot about the goodness of God. Uh, and in fact, even when you read things like the book of Leviticus, what was that all about? They lived in a pagan culture for 400 years, so the Lord had to rewire their thinking. This is what happens when you're back in the hands of God. But the goal from God for you is to get to the promised land. Uh, they hesitated. They weren't able to get in for a lot of reasons, but I want to bring it right to the transition time from the wilderness before they went into the promised land. And I want to pick up the story. It's from Moses. He had a word from God. They were really close to going in. And look what happened in Numbers chapter 13 and verse 1. If you'll take out your Bibles and look at the Old Testament, the book of Numbers chapter 13 and verse 1. The Lord said to Moses, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. I think this is awesome because the Lord is saying, find the best, the ones who love me the most, the best leaders out there, and I'm going to send them in. Question, if the Lord was to look at the best in your home, would you be the best? Like, would you make the cut? Do you have a heart after God? This is who Moses is looking for because God told him to do so. But let's take a look at what happened a few verses later. In verse 17, it says, When Moses sent them to explore Canaan, he said, Go up through Negev and on into the hill country and see what the land is like and whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many. Now just, just hold it. Hold it for a second. God never asked Moses for the people to go in to see if it was a good idea. He already promised them that it was going to be the land of milk and honey, that it was going to be a blessing for them. So Moses, he's changing this a little bit. He's now say, saying, go in and see if it's even a good idea. Go in and see if it's safe. The Lord never told him to do that. So it continues. To find out what kind of land do they live in, is it good or bad? This is what happens when you're away from the Lord and in the wilderness a long time. Is, does the Lord have good plans for us? Or does he have bad plans for us? This is what Moses is investigating. Is it good or bad? What kind of towns do they live in? Are they unwalled or fortified? 
The debate of should you have a wall or not has been here a long time. And then it says, how is the soil? Is it fertile or poor? Are the trees in it or not? Do your best to bring back some of the fruit of the land. Like while you're there, bring back some grapes, but check it out to see if it's any good. Uh, basically, Moses, he missed it a little, and he put inside of them like this, this negative thought. Let's look around to see if this is good or bad. It was a promise from God all the way back in Exodus that it was going to be the land that is fruitful and a blessing to them. But they forgot, and now they're just judging everything. So there's a lot that we can learn from this passage of Scripture, but I want to bring it to your home now. Uh, what can we learn, and what are the ways that we can have hope in this season and how can we get it from the Lord? Uh, number one, and we're going to learn it from this passage of Scripture, don't forget to look at what God is doing for you right now. These spies, they went in just like Moses said, just like the Lord said. But while they were there, ten of them, they noticed the giants. Oh, they learned how great the land was. They learned how beautiful the place was. But all they could see was the giants. They literally said, we're like grasshoppers. Yes, it's beautiful, but the giants. Yes, it could be great, but the giants, the giants, the giants. Many times in our life, all we see is the giant problem that's around us. Kind of like the season that we're in right now. It just seems enormous. It's a giant to us. But there were two others, Caleb and Joshua. They saw the giants too but they remembered their God. So they were the only ones shouting, we can do it, we can take this. I just wanna ask you, when you look around, are you one of those who sees life with hope? Or do you happen to see life without hope? The book of Thessalonians chapter four and verse 13 says, but we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who fall asleep, that you may not grieve as others do, who have no hope. Now, I don't know how it's going for you, but we don't have to live without hope. We can look around and see giants, but we can do it with hope. So I was thinking about our Lord and how good He is at picking us up when we're discouraged. So no matter where you are right now, if you've been living without hope, maybe watching the news to see if you should have hope, maybe calling your doctor to see if you should have hope, if you've been living in a place where you feel discouraged and downcast, I want to tell you that the Lord is really good at lifting up our hope. He did it with Martha and Mary. They were so discouraged by the loss of a loved one, but he lifted up their hope. You could see the woman with an issue of blood. She had no chance, but she reached out to him and he gave her hope. Maybe you could see the passage of Scripture with Peter and his mother-in-law who was extremely sick, and the Lord gave them hope. Uh, you, you can also see it when, when Jesus looked at different people groups and saw that they were sick, and he healed all of them because he's good at giving us hope. Do you know what I find gives me a lot of hope? It's when I worship. Now, I'm not a singer. I can't sing good. I will say, I've never told anybody this, but one day, Brandon Chatswell had a car accident. And I heard about it and found out it was close to me. 
I drove directly to the car accident, and there Brandon was. His car was crashed, and he was just standing there. I asked him to get in the truck with me, and I was checking on him. I could immediately tell that he wasn't physically hurt, but he was shaken up a little. And, uh, and so while he's in my car, I started singing a worship song with Brandon. Can you imagine how stupid that is? <laughs> but I did it. And uh, the sad thing is, is that Brandon must have had a head injury because he doesn't remember this at all. <laughs> I remember it, though, and I bring it up to him. So he always leads us in worship, but one time I led him into worship. Didn't do anything for him, but I did it. <laughs> worship, it helps to change us. So let's go into another time of worship. In fact, one of these songs is going to be led by Brandon but I really want it to be led by the Lord. Let's worship Him in spirit and in truth, and this could be great for us.
Yeah. 
So let me ask you a question. Would you prefer Brandon leading you in worship or me? You. All right. Thanks, Haley. Good answer. Number two, we must remain hopeful. Like if you want to grow in this time, we must remain hopeful with our thoughts and our words. Now, let me be clear. I'm not talking about optimism. I'm not talking about the power of positive thinking. A few things written down about that. Optimism is psychological. Hope is theological. Optimism is believing in yourself. Hope is not that. Hope is believing that God is with you. Optimism is insincere hype. It's just trying to make it seem good. Hope is sincere. There's no hype involved in it. Optimism is what you think you can do. Hope is what you think you can do with the Lord. Optimism is often a denial of reality. Hope is reality plus God. The spies, 10 of them, went in just with the other two. In fact, it was 12, but 10 of them, they saw reality minus faith. And so they came back with a negative report. The other two saw the same reality, but plus faith, and they thought they could do anything because their God was with them. So when you see reality, do you try to gather optimism or do you have hope? I love to see uh, what people turn into when they have hope again. My prayer is that during this season, even though it's strange, that you will get up every day with hope. Recently, a few nights ago, I had a dream in the middle of the night, and it's a dream. It's the only recurring dream that I've ever had in my life. And it's such a negative dream that it keeps me from being able to sleep. So for the last two nights, I have woken up in the middle of the night worried about this dream. Like it, it, it took away some of my hope. And so a few nights ago, I just had to get on my knees and say, Lord, I just don't want to see this. I don't want to have this dream over and over again. What is keeping you from having hope? And then number three, if you want to have hope, never look back. I find that a lot of us right now are wanting it to go back life, our relationship with the Lord, our jobs, everything else to go back to the way that it used to be, instead of hope that it'll be even better than before. This is huge. I used to be a great golfer, and uh, man, when I would get over the golf ball, I, I knew exactly what to do, but now I'm not good anymore. So since I don't know where it's going, I don't know where to aim. Hope makes you remember where to aim and where you're going. Look, look at this verse in Luke chapter 9 and verse 62. Jesus replied, he said, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service of the kingdom of God. In other words, you're not going to fit in very well in what I'm trying to do in your life if you keep looking back. Paul, with a lot of confidence, said, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but the one thing I do, he said, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. So I just want to encourage you as, as people to, to not look back. I've pastored the church now for 19 years, and I don't want to go back to the way that we used to serve God together. 
I mean, we have a good church. We were doing well in just about every point that you measure a church. But I don't want to go back to that. The Bible says that Jesus is coming back for a church that's without stain or wrinkle. He's looking for a healthy church, and we can't look back. We don't want to go that way. We want to move forward. Hope reminds you of that. So before we move on, uh, I just want to show you uh, these chocolates that are in my office. I don't know if any of you, raise your hand right now in your living room or make a comment if you like chocolate with peanut butter on the inside. I mean, Reese's peanut butter, what? So some of you might remember me giving this analogy at one time, but Hunter loves peanut butter, but he's allergic to it. So I want to ask him right now. I just found out. Uh, yeah. So I want to ask him to eat this, and we're going to watch him swell up. No, no, no it's just, <laughs> I love these things, but here, here's the problem. If I were to eat one of these, I guess there's 30 in here, 20. If I were to eat one of these, I would eat them all because I can't stop. How do I know this? I've done it about five to ten times. Uh, I just can't stop. So the only way that I can do it and, and keep the perfect figure that I have is to wait until I get to my truck to eat it. But I've learned if I wait until I get to my truck to eat it, then I'll come back in here and get another one and eat it again. But if I get in my truck and I go down the road for a ways, like at least a mile, and I eat it then, then I never turn around and come back. But the question has to be this. Why don't I just take them out of my office? <laughs> I'm going to tell you why. Because I like looking at them. <laughs> They're just so fine to look at. I think some of the times the reason why we're so negative and we live without hope is because we kind of like looking at it. Like we're a little bit like Moses we just want to look at the data versus what the Lord is saying, the promise from Him. So we survey all of the data instead of the Word. So what I'd like to do now is to sing one of my favorite old hymns. It's called, When I Survey. And as we worship the Lord, I want you to remember Him, let our hope be in Him, instead of the data that might be discouraging you maybe from a dream in the middle of the night maybe from a phone call i don't know what it is but let's let the word supersede the data as we worship together
love that song just as much as you. You guys like that song? Mm -hmm. Love it. I love you for the cross, my Lord. And uh, Christian and Abby are some of my favorite people on our staff, too. I don't know if you know them, but they are incredible people. And they love the Lord. And so if you happen to be visiting right now, what I'm about to do, you don't have to participate in. And every week at church, uh, we give a moment for people to give. And that's what we're going to do right now. And uh, so we're not going to pass around buckets or anything like that. We're just going to give people a chance. You can text to give. There's a lot of different ways. It's very clear uh, in the description uh, that you can participate in giving. You can also just mail in a check. A few people who do not participate in digital giving, they just ask, can I still give a check? And, and yes, you're, you're able to do that. But let me talk to you for a second. The church in the Old Testament is described as a storehouse. And so it's a place where people give when they can, by any means that they can give. And it's also a place where people go and receive when they're in need. So it's not just a place you give to. It's also a place that you receive things when you're in need. New Life Church right now is working extremely hard to pay attention to the needs out there. If you have a need, would you let us know what it is? Uh, things like giving people something to eat. Uh, right now, the count of meals that we have given away have been over 27,000 meals, way over 2,000 every day. And uh, but people have other needs as well. We want to know what they are. Maybe all we can do about it is pray. Maybe we can do more than that. Hey, we're a storehouse. And so I just want to encourage you, if you are there right now and you can give anything, it might be a small amount. It might be less than what you used to give. Maybe it's only a dollar. But I do want to encourage you, if you can, let's do so. And then we're going to keep reaching out. I know that God loves a cheerful giver. So let's also give and hope, just like we've described everything else in the Word today. Over the last few weeks, we've been closing out our services the same way each time. And that is, I'm praying a prayer of blessing over all of you. And uh, man, you can see how important the blessing is to the Lord. You can see it in the Old Testament and the New. So I just want to ask all of you, our family, to do the same thing. Just take your hands and put them out in front of you. The scripture says when you do that, you're doing it without anger. You're doing it without doubt. And so I want to pray over all of you right now. Uh, we can't huddle like we used to, but we can come together in his name like never before. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that your face will shine upon everyone at the sound of my voice. Lord, anyone who has been shaken for any reason, encourage them, O oh God, in your name. Lord, anyone who has lost their hope and they're trying to fight for optimism, Lord, I pray that they'll go back to a place of hope. Anyone who is looking back instead of forward, Lord, I pray that they will lift up their eyes and see that you are the Lord of the harvest. Lord, I thank you that you're giving us creative ideas during this time. And whether it's related to work, whether it's re related to inventions that you give us, maybe new strategies, Lord, speak to us. We ask that you give us creativity. You are creator God. 
So open up our eyes so we can see like never before. Open our ears so we can hear like never before. Why? Because we are hungry for your name. So God, please keep our hearts tender towards you. And as we go about each and every day, I pray, Lord God, that that day will be dedicated to you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I love all of you. Thanks for tuning in. And God bless you. And don't forget uh, to be a part of your campus. Your campus pastors are ministering daily to all of us. I've been going about, and I'm learning so much about the Word of God because of them. Let's be faithful. God bless you.